When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, welcome back to the Goldmine Podcast. And I'm proud that we have Martin Popoff on our podcast today. And we're going to talk about an online article that uh, Martin has written for goldmymag.com called the top 20 deep purple songs from the 1970s ranked. And um, some might be surprised about which song came in number one. Uh, but Martin, introduce yourself about, let's talk about your podcast, your own podcast. Yeah, so uh, also with Pantheon, I've got uh, History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff. And basically, I come up with a theme every week. I haven't missed a week yet, 195 episodes. And uh, and essentially come up with a theme and break things into categories. I got five examples uh, with 30-second music clips and just go through all those themes. So the last one was uh, about paying your dues. And uh, the one before that, I think, was about making bass guitar interesting. And we had, uh, I don't know, drum intros, drum licks. I can't remember. Oh, no, it was drum sounds. Um, so, yeah, uh, and, and just the history of certain genres and things like that. So, and, you know, I, 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 I yap really fast for about 30 minutes, and then they, we, we put in these clips. So the whole thing comes in at under 35 minutes, usually. It's really cool. Check it out, listeners. <clears throat> so let's talk about this article that you did. You do a lot of lists for us, fun stuff that you know, music fans will obviously love, especially our readership, who's really, you know, uh, they're like the Jack Black character, um, trying to think of that movie uh, about the record store. Uh, they're very serious, very dedicated to music. Um, so when you post something like this, and they're a Deep Purple fan, uh, obviously, they're going to have to debate about what you picked. And you are... Um, one of the main voices for you know as a deep purple expert if you will um you've written quite a few how many books have you written on deep purple on deep purple i guess there's a long time ago a, a biography that got split into two so two separate books early days and later days and then i did a timeline with quotes book and i know two of those uh so that's four and i think that's it but we we got rainbow two and sabbath and and everybody else related, even a white snake book, actually. <laughs> right. The deep purple tree. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about this article. And it got some a little bit of controversy. Maybe you can explain Child in Time was mentioned, and uh you had some people debate that. Maybe you could explain it a little bit. 
Yeah. So that was the big problem with this one. That's that's where I got the most flack. And I mentioned it right at the top, even before we get going kind of thing on it. Um, I've I've always never really liked Child in Time. I thought it was like a long, boring ballad. I, I'm not I'm not sold on the whole Ian Gillen high screaming and and the fact that, you know, the riff is kind of a borrowed riff from Bombay Calling from It's a Beautiful Day. But, um, you know, everything else on In Rock is is like a super good, hard, fast rocker. In fact, it's probably out of the four albums that properly invent heavy metal. It's probably the most impressive of all four of those. So you got two Sabbaths, the purple and the first heap. Right. So In Rock is is amazing in that in in that respect. But I I I warn people immediately that I'm child of time is not going to be on my list at all. And it's not. And um then, you know, we got a flood of people coming in saying that's my favorite Deep Purple song of all time. Right. Um, and then I, I thought I'd get a little pugilistic about it. And I I, uh, I I said, here's a here's a bananas idea. What if, um, um, you know, if, if Child in Time is your favorite Deep Purple song of all time, maybe you don't like Deep Purple very much. And then I added the example of. If Motley Crue 1994 with John Karabi singing is your favorite Motley Crue album, maybe you don't like Motley Crue very much. Or if Heart Barracuda is your favorite Heart song, maybe you don't like Heart very much, right? And then that caused hundreds more comments. Uh, 75% of the people missed the point completely and didn't want to argue this interesting little intellectual exercise. Rather, they just, you know, came back with, how dare you say I'm not a Deep Purple fan? for not liking child and you know for liking child in time first right but my you know my point was that essentially it's a real outlier it's not what deep purple do normally so um you know i guess i was tacitly asking people well would you rather them have seven or eight uh child in times uh from from that era is you know would that make you happier because you obviously don't like you know richie blackmore riff songs uh if it's your favorite song but you know i i did i did eventually say um you know i know you all love deep purple and it just happens to be your favorite and i know you know you'd have 19 other songs on your list and maybe child in time would be top five but maybe not number one so i'm not saying you're not a deep purple fan but that's that's all the flack that i got but i i knew immediately i was not going to have child in time on my list <laughs> well you mentioned three songs that you expected fans to bring up that are not on your list women from tokyo a strange kind of woman and child in time and Woman from Tokyo is one of my favorites. I, I was asking that question too. Why not? Why you didn't include that? Um, it, to me, it seems like um, it's not up there with Smoke on the Water, but it's a it's a pretty big tune. Okay, so definitely I have a reason for that too. So both of those songs, mm. they were moderate hits. They were pretty big hits. So right. that's why, you know, they, they rise above the level of, you know, scrutiny, right? But I've never liked either of those. I, I find... Um, I find the uh, the verse kind of dull on both of them. It, like they're both very similar to me. The verse is dull. The vocal melody is dull. And strange kind of woman. It's the it's the vocal melody follows the the riff, which isn't a very good riff. Strange kind of woman is just this sort of kind of half bluesy shuffle, sort of heavy song. Woman from Tokyo, same kind of thing. I think the chorus is really lame. Like a lot of purple fans. Um, you know, they like to complain about the song Never Before on Machine Head. 
I think this is just as bad. I, I think both of those songs are just underwritten. They're both lacking in uh, in imagination. And so, yeah, those came up a little bit in the comments. But, um, you know, I, I, I fight with a few people about those ones sometimes as well. But there, there was no way neither of those was going to make it either. Ian's voice, though, come on. I just yeah, but the it. voice is on all these other ones too, right? <laughs> it's he can almost sing to me. He can almost sing anything. He could he could sing off a cereal box and it would sound good, right? Yeah, yeah. I, that's kind of how I feel about him. Yeah, and, and and I got the impression from this list that you favored David Coverdale. <laughs> yeah, no, I wouldn't say so. I wouldn't say so. I'm just looking at the list here as well. So, um. You know, starting at the beginning, we do have Love Child in at number 19. We have Sail Away at 17. Sa Sail Away. A lot of people really like Sail Away. So we got a lot for that. Uh, coming Home at 16. But then, you know, well, yeah, Lay Down, Stay Down is in here. I guess there's a fair bit. Lady Double Dealer. Yeah, you're right. Um, but then a whole bunch of Ian Gillen ones all the way up to Stormbringer at number four. And then Burn at number one. Now, Burn at number one. I've noticed through all the comments, um, I think most people agree that the fit, that the best Deep Purple song is either Burn or Child in Time. And they are from two different eras. But Burn has, has just got so much firepower. It's, it's hard to deny, even though it is David Coverdale and Glenn Hughes. But it's got an amazing riff. Uh, it's from a well-liked album. It's uh, it's got amazing drumming. It's got all those spaces for the drums and it's got these two vocalists just just coming in like like blaze all guns blazing uh, doing this duet thing. So it's it's one that everybody loves. Nobody would complain about that. They complained about my number two. That's for sure. Pictures of home. Do you think that the. Um, Mach three is the least favorite era. Oh, definitely not. Um, you know, there's some other mocks that are way beyond. Well, actually, you know what? It's probably the second favorite if you think about it, because okay. it would go it would go Mark II for sure, right? And yeah. that's been around twice, right? But right. we 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 got to remember there's a Tommy Bolin in there, so there's a four, um, so that's lesser than Mark III. And then a lot of people don't like the very first version either. I'm not a big fan at all. In fact. I was just thinking before we jumped on here, if, if this was a list of 60s and 70s, I wouldn't have a single 60s song on here. I really do not like Mark. Do you one. think Mark one was to um, well, you called the chorus and smoke on the water. I think you said you called it frumpy. Do you think uh, the, the verses, the verses are frumpy. the verse. OK, do you think yeah. that Mark one was like that just to. Yeah, Mark one is. Oh, man. How do you describe it? It's almost like uh depressing psych right it's it's uh very related to what vanilla fudge did right um well, it's, very, it's, it's organs. It speaks for its time right it speaks for its time true um but it's you know long jammy things a lot of covers too i don't want to hear covers uh from <laughs> but back to your earlier question i mean if you if you think about it there's there's a there's a there's a mark with um jolyn turner yes. there's a there's um you know, Don, there's Don Airy in the band versus John Lord. So that's a bit of a split. There's Richie. Actually, yeah, that's right. Mark, uh, Mark two comes back twice. So that you, cause you got the battle rages on album as well. So, you know, and there's a lot of people who have never really got on with the whole Steve Morse era at, at all. Right. So, no, I would say, I would say the, the band that made burn and Stormbringer is probably the second most, uh, you know, appreciated. I don't know why I brought that up. I think I'm, I'm too 
uh, my listening tastes are a lot of times they stay in the seventies. And I remember what a disappointment it was for fans. Um, you know, when Ian left, uh, you know, I just, uh, yeah. I don't know. That's why I kind of bring it up, but uh, you're oh, it's, right. It's I absolutely true. There was a huge disappointment, but burn burn is really rising in people's estimation of of uh of favorite deep purple album not so much stormbringer but but you're right yeah so i was surprised um you know i know this song is overplayed but smoke on the water i love the song still i can never tire of it mm-hmm. um i just think that I, I bet you a lot of people especially the mainstream reader would expect that to be number one but this is as you put it, this is through your lens. So um, it came in at 12, not even in the top 10. Um, so I, I find it interesting what you say about it. Um, you said, here, here's a bone thrown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, smoke underwater. Um, you called, you know, it has to the frumpy verse. Um, it, but it does have the most iconic riff. I mean, this is a riff that, you know, you know, every kid learns a lot of kids learn guitar by playing this riff because I wouldn't call it simple, but, uh, it's sort of easy to learn. It's just, and it's just a great riff, right? Um, I never tire of it and I just love the song all around. I mean, when you first heard this, come on. I mean, maybe you tire of it now, but anyone who first hears the song has got to be like, wow, this is such a great tune. Yeah, it's absolutely immediate. And that riff is completely iconic. But over the years, you know, it's a little bit like my uh, I get a lot of heck for complaining about Stairway to Heaven as well. Right. But yeah, over the over the years, you know, I you get to and and some of the comments back me up on this one you get past that riff into the verse and it's you all game never mantra and then you know the guitar's just going check it check it check it and you know then the organ's not very great and the the vocal melody is kind of a little annoying so i don't think they do a great job of the verse um but when you get to the chorus the chorus is pretty cool too and that's you 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 know it's it's more about vocals at the chorus but you do hear another cool riff behind it so there's another mm. kind of doomy thing going on in the chorus so True. um yeah and you know i don't know it, the story over the years has not been the greatest you know i, I don't think that the the you know the lining up of those particular lyrics are that great but uh but yeah, it's it's funny. You could almost do a whole episode on these songs where you forget most of the song because one part of it is so amazing. And that riff is just so, you know, just hits you right between the eyes. That's a hint for another top 20 list, overplayed yeah. songs. <laughs> it's just like Stairway to Heaven. That lead, instead, that guitar lead by Jimmy Page is probably one of the best. But it's overlooked because people have heard that song so many times Interesting, um yeah, yeah. but i like what you said about on water this is great it's like a foreigner song from double vision <laughs> right yeah <laughs> yeah it's like one of those columbia house albums you get um for those who remember the columbia house deal and you get in the mail and it's just like you know it's just a good song what a great riff uh foreigner was like that um so yeah, I could see it in that. I could definitely see. Is, is there one compl- other complaint that you got? Like, why was this song included? 
Well, yeah. So I did get I did get a lot of complaints for putting pictures of homes so high, like I was trying to be contrarian or something. But that is just a gorgeous, cool, dark, interesting chord sequence. Uh, great John Lord stuff in there. It's yeah. it's on Machine Head, and I think it competes with the likes of Highway Star and Space Truck and perfectly fine. I just love it. It's a little bit of an obscure one to put so high. So I de I definitely got abuse for that. Um, yeah, I, I would say after Burn and Child in Time, most people would pick Highway Star pretty darn high too, and Smoke on the Water and Speed King, which I had high. Um, oh, I had Stormbringer Speed. high as well. But, uh, you know, I, I put the two heaviest songs on here from Stormbringer, which is the other one being Lady Double Dealer. And I can understand people thinking that that's a little, uh, you know, not not that great a song, um, but it's it's a good heavy up-tempo one. Sounds like a White Snake song, right? But uh, yeah, the rest of this, I think, um, went over okay. Um, Mary Long, that's right. So I, so I, knew, I knew I'd get uh, abuse from my good buddy, Monty Connor, for that one. A lot of people <laughs> don't like Mary Long, and, and uh, that was a Monty's big deal. He's got good taste. Yeah, yeah. But we, um, we actually did a Dark Horse panel for our video show, The Contrarians, yeah. recently on Who Do We Think We Are? You know, five guys talking about that album for an hour, right? Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of people are down on that album, but I, I think Mary Long is a, is a good solid song from that. I think it's a good heavy rocker. It's got a good story. It's about censorship on British TV. Um, so yeah. And there's other ones on there that people, people brought up place in line, rat, bat blues. So in the comments, there was a lot, there's a lot of good stuff for that. You know, I keep forgetting that, you know, that, that whole deep purple Mark two thing was over by 1973. I keep forgetting how darn long ago that is right i know that that is uh, yeah that's hard to think about yeah 15 years yeah um i gotta ask you though and this this is a i think a good question don't you think this list changes significantly if you were to do a list of the top 20 deep purple songs live and you can even say just in the 70s wow that's a deep question wow uh live so because well, the songs so, change so much live, right? Okay, but here's what happens. So, so here's here's the thing. So, so when you get into the uh, David Coverdale, John, uh, um, Glenn Hughes era, you've got more drugs and more looseless, and the band not getting a along, and Richie being cranky. So maybe everything live, you know, except from the very beginning where it's a little still exciting with Burn. Uh, certainly when you get to the Tommy Bolin album, come taste the band, there's a lot of drugs and, and problems in the band. The band's really falling apart. So nothing up there is probably very good live. Right. So, right. so live, you know, most people would point to whatever makes up the made in Japan album. That's a whole nother argument I get into all the time. People think that's the greatest live album of all time. And I, I think it's boring. Um, cause oh. I just want to hear the songs faster. You know, I don't, I don't want to hear jamming. Right. And I get complaints about that too. It's like, it's like I, I people shot back and I, you know, when I said, well, if child in time is your favorite deep purple song, maybe you're not a deep purple fan. And, you know, people shot back validly saying, well, if you don't like jammy deep purple and improvisation, maybe you're not a deep purple fan. It's like fair point, I guess, um, because I, I don't want to hear 10, 15, 20 minute versions of any of their songs. Right. Um, but yeah, so so maybe live to answer your question would be at the height of their powers, maybe 1972, right when when they did do Made in Japan. Um, 
and then, yeah, you'd have to bring into uh, the whole philosophy of what do you think about jamming and improvisation, right? So my, my favorite Deep Purple, I remember we were arguing about this one day and I, I made up my version of Made in Japan and it was like smoke on the water, edit. <laughs> Everything had edit in brackets <laughs> after it, right? So I was coming up with this nine track album that's a single album, right? <laughs> But now, so that's a future list. That's a future top 20s. I, I don't know if you would enjoy doing that, um, but that's a future one. And, yeah. you know, if you had to compare the different decades, wow, that would really be mind blowing because you have to include Morse in there, which, uh, you know, he's, let's face it, he's not Richie, um, but he's just as good, I think. And um, I think, man, I think he's a pleasure to listen to. Yeah, and so much variety and so many cool things he does. And he has as much of his own voice as Richie has. It's a completely different voice. Um, but I, I think he has more versatility uh, than Richie had, too. I no, think he, he does more things. Kansas. He played in Kansas, too. Yeah, and Dixie Dregs. Yeah. Solo yeah. albums. Flies yeah. a plane. <laughs> Dixie Dregs, yeah. He's, man, he's so good. And unfortunately, you know, you're going to have listeners that no one can replace Blackmore, right? Yeah, um, they're just Blackmore centric, and yeah. Blackmore himself is Blackmore centric. So, <laughs> yeah, God only knows what he thinks of Morris. Blackmore um, fired himself from hard rock, right? You know, he basically uh, uh, quit the whole thing, right? Eventually. Do, so, do you uh, like his new thing? Real quick, I don't know. I I have a hard time period? with it. I'm I'm kind of into it, but then um, I kind of have a hard time as, as of of seeing it as legitimate Renaissance music, right? There's just something about it that seems seems strange. That, that well, his wife's voice is beautiful. Um, yeah, he's always good no matter what he does. Yeah, but if you watch their concerts, they're very loose, meaning um, they're it's improvised and they have people come on stage and that's cool. Sometimes you know Richie will go off into you know, like he'll just go into smoke on the water and then drop it and then go into a medieval song. It's it's kind of like a backyard party atmosphere. Like hmm. something remember when you first started drinking and there was a kegger and you would go to so there'd be a band playing <laughs> yeah, yeah. that sort of atmosphere, which I guess would be great, is fun, but it's Richie Blackmore. Yeah. <laughs> you know. He's yeah, I know. I'm used to seeing this guy on stage in arenas and and you know throwing his guitar up in the air with smoke all around, you know. It's yeah. just it's weird. You know, to be fair to Richie, too. I mean, he really did evolve when you get to the Joe Lynn Turner version of Rainbow. He he was really a pretty different cat by that point. And it was it was tasteful and restrained and different. So he he really does have a lot of versatility. If you think about it, he loved bringing in the keyboards and what Joe did and the spaces in the songs. I really like my favorite of all of those uh, is is bent out of shape. The last one they did. And I think he was really on to something by that point where um where there was a there was a new kind of exciting rainbow sound but of course then it's back to deep purple mark ii with perfect strangers at that point right right well thank you for coming on the the, the podcast and you say you don't um you don't like covers right deep purple doing covers i guess you didn't like their last album and hopefully it won't be their last because you would hate to think that deep purple goes out with a covers album 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it looks like they'll they'll keep going. They don't seem to have so. any reason to stop. I mean, you know, people are complaining a bit. Ian's starting to lose his voice more and more all the time. But uh, they love they love being creatives. That's the really cool thing about them. They're a creative band and they made a lot of records with Steve. Unfortunately, Steve won't be in the band because he's off taking care of his ailing wife. Right. Um, so they do have a new guitarist. So maybe maybe there's an exciting new era for the band. How is the new guitarist? Have you heard his stuff? No, I've just uh, just some live stuff. Um, so yeah, he's he's fine. He's uh, he's he's cool. Um, so yeah, maybe that that's that'll bring a new, you know, a fresh. I mean, the the albums are all pretty highly regarded, but I mean that'll bring a fresh new look to things because guitar is so important to that band. All right, listeners, if you get a chance, go to Martin's po- uh, podcast. He puts mine to shame. Um, he does it weekly, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And go to goldminemag.com and check out Martin's top 20 Deep Purple songs from the 1970s. And it's ranked. So um, we told you what number one was, but there there are 19 other songs to debate Martin about. (laughs) He checks the comments, everyone. So, uh, (laughs) all right. Thank you, Martin. It's always a pleasure. All right. Chat soon. And hopefully we'll be back talking about Deep Purple Live. After you do a top 20 about the live Deep Purple songs, which would be probably a hard assignment for you, it sounds like. (laughs) Uh, Okay, great. Thanks. See ya. All right, listeners, don't forget to go to goldminemag.com to check out exclusive content and get the issue, the print issue. We're bi-monthly now, but you can go to Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, or go to shop.goldminemag.com and pick it up. Mail order it. All right, we'll see you next time on the Goldmine Podcast. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.